Uh, so friends, uh, we can't have a small group discussion right now, but I'm curious, what goals do you have? What goals do you have? Now, many years ago, I got a pair of running shoes, and I had a goal of becoming a really good runner. I remember my first week of jogging. As I am jogging, all sorts of goals went through my mind about running. Now, to be honest with you, at the end of my second week, I was no longer a runner. It only took two weeks. Uh, why? Simply because I was not willing to spend the time or endure the pain that was necessary and that was needed in order to be a good runner. Now, this past summer, I wanted to rewrite the entire 10th grade Bible curriculum at Timothy Christian. And guess what? I did it. But do you know how I achieved that goal? I spent more time on schoolwork this summer than I ever, ever have by far because I had this goal and I spent the time with it. What is my point? My point is it's nice to have a goal, but you're not going to achieve the goal unless you're willing to commit and, uh, and sacrifice or put in the time of whatever is necessary uh, toward that end. Now, question. Uh, where does growing in faith rank with your goals? Do you have a goal of growing in faith, of having a more vibrant, real relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, if you do, then the starting point of this goal is extremely important. Some people who want to grow in faith just simply throw themselves into religious deeds and good works. The problem with that is you could end up with pride or failure and despair. Some people seek one spiritual experience after another. The problem with that is then you can end up having your faith based on feelings. Now, while hard work and feelings are important in the growth of faith, they are not the starting point. So what is the starting point? It is simply this, repentance. Repentance as a lifestyle is necessary to follow Jesus. Repentance as a lifestyle is necessary to follow Jesus. We're going to simply look at the importance of repentance, the content of repentance, and then the results of repentance. So first, the importance of repentance. And this leads us to our scripture reading for today. I begin with uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Uh, the context simply is the ministry of John the Baptist. Friends, hear God's word. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one calling, crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, 
confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And then turning over just a chapter to Matthew 4, verse 12. This is about Jesus beginning his ministry. Now when he, Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. And then skipping to verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word of the Lord. Uh, the, rep- the importance of repentance. Now, what does repent mean? Here it means to think differently, to change one's mind, not just in a little way, but in a radical way. Now, obviously, John the Baptist and Jesus were speaking out of the context of the Old Testament. They knew their Old Testament well. Now, so what did the word repentance mean in the Old Testament? Now, many of you have heard this. It meant turn, turn around, turn away, or put in today's language, do a 180. So for us, when we think of repentance, it is not only saying sorry for a sin, it is a complete reorientation of one's life. It is not some minor lifestyle tweaks It is changing one's life to walk in a different direction. This is repentance. And with repentance comes this uh, uncomfortable pressing upon our life because it's it's a, a taking away, a ripping away of my will be done so that we are living for thy will be done. There's a little angst that comes along with repentance. Now, as we think about the priority of repentance, we see here that John and and then Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of God is near. It, It is coming. So how do we live in the kingdom of God? What is kingdom living like, or how do we live? Step one is repentance. That's the starting point, repentance. Think about this. When the church was established in Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit powerfully comes upon the disciples in the upper room, uh, there is so much commotion. 
that thousands of people in the street gather around like what's going on? Peter preaches this powerful sermon about the death and resurrection of Jesus and what happens at the end of that sermon. What happens? This is what the Bible says. Acts 2, 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, What shall we do? Peter replied, Repent. First thing, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit the priority of repentance. Now, how do we make repentance a priority for our lives? Let me just say a few things on how repentance is not a priority first. It is not a priority when you say, forgive us our sins. Now, I'm not knocking that as a a prayer. I mean, you could pray that. But if that's all you pray, that is truly not making repentance as a lifestyle. it's, It's too general. Uh, Secondly, uh, repentance is not a priority when you just say a forced I'm sorry. Reference the children's sermon. Got to mean it. And it's not a priority if you only repent when you feel guilty. Now, should you repent when you feel guilty? Yes, but if if that's what you limit it to, that's not making repentance a priority. So uh, here's making a pri- uh, repentance uh, a priority. Um, it is something that is just in your life day after day after day. It's a part of life living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to repent often, daily, individually. And as we gather together as the church, we need to repent. That's why earlier in the service, there was a prayer of confession. This is a good thing. Uh, To make repentance a priority, we need to repent when life is going well. Why? Because oftentimes we can forget to repent then. And uh, pride uh, and a a bit of laziness and faith can seep into our lives when life is going well. We also need to repent when life is not going well, when we are struggling, when we are facing problems, in trials, when we, are, when we are sick, even when we are being treated unfairly, we need to repent. Now, I need to say something really important here. While there are consequences for sin, life is complicated, and we live in a broken world. So my point here is not at all to make a correlation between sin and something bad. Uh, That's not my point, Uh, and we need to be careful with that. My point is simply this. When we are struggling, this puts us in a position of weakness, and in that weakness, very often, God can use our state of frailty and dependency Uh, to do some uh, soul-searching in our heart. Uh, We can be more open uh, to the Spirit's work uh, in the state of weakness. And uh, when we are weak, we need to ask, O Holy Spirit, reveal 
hidden areas of sin in my life? How am I living life in a way that has been displeasing to you that I have been ignoring? And often a time of weakness will bring that to the surface. Uh, the Bible makes repentance a priority. It's the starting point in growth and faith, and you and I need to do this as well. Now, secondly, the content of repentance. The content of repentance. Uh, let's first just think about the standard for repentance. Uh, the text says here, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Life is under the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is big picture. So when we think about repentance, we need to think broadly and widely about our lives, not just one little area of our life. Jesus is Lord of all. And as we come to Jesus as Lord of all, as we, as we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we need to come with the right uh, heart as well. And uh, we need to have an honest reflection on our life, not uh, ignore certain areas in our life and say, well, I'll just deal with that later. We have to be honest. We can't compare ourselves to others. Well, I'm, I'm not as bad as that person. Or we can't justify sin. And, well, it's only inappropriate. And we also need to come before God with humble surrender. And with that heart, what do we repent of? Well, first, we repent of the obvious. We repent of what we feel guilty about. Uh, maybe it is actions that are just clearly wrong or damaging in relationships. Maybe it is hurtful words or thoughts that we would hope nobody could ever see because those thoughts are, are sinful, are, are scary, are lustful, are just wrong. We repent of these things. Going a little deeper, we repent of attitudes that we allow to fester within us, attitudes of, of bitterness, of complaining, attitudes of jealousy. Now, in addition to the obvious, we need to repent with the unobvious in our life as well. Things that are not so obvious. Things like motivations. Motivations are tricky and complicated. Uh, they can be difficult to discern. But uh, often, there is an undercurrent of selfishness in our motivations, and we need to be open to, to, to that happening within us. Uh, maybe it is a lack of satisfaction in the love of God. Uh, if you are living life with, with lack of contentment or lack of peace, you need to reflect what's going on in my heart, and is it uh, a lack of trust in God's love for me? And then, then the last thing I'd like to highlight, this is an interesting one. It is to repent of desires that are good in and of themselves and yet 
take on too high of a priority in our lives. For example, the desire to be productive. Now, I say this one because this is one I have to be careful with, repent of, and, and think about for my own life. I'm, I'm a to-do list guy, and I love checking off the to-do list. I like getting things done, having a plan, action. This is part of my wheelhouse. The problem is people can get so focused on their productivity that life becomes all about what I am doing and what I am accomplishing. It can form part of one's identity. And in the headlong pursuit of productivity, relationships with other people and with God can be hurt. So this, this good desire can be expressed in a way that is sinful. We need to recognize this and repent of it. I'll just bring up one more. The desire to relax and unwind. Now, this is good, correct? And uh, with this desire, I want to bring up, once again, the old screen. Now, I am not saying, before I continue, I am not saying that necessarily watching a movie or a TV show is wrong, okay? I'm not saying that. Uh, but let's think about the screen for a moment, and I'm not talking about using the screen for productivity. We'll push that to the side, okay? But the fact of the matter is, uh, in America, in our culture of which we are a part, screen use has only increased more and more and more. And uh, for instance, study of God's word and prayer has decreased more and more and more. Screen use has achieved the level of a God in our lives with the constant stream of TV and movies and social media and gaming and uh, just general web surfing when we have some downtime. It is so much, so much, that we need to seriously consider what kind of hold it has on our hearts. When you, when you really think about it, binge watching is, it is a lack of self-control, which is a part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. Uh, it is a waste of time, and what is it doing? It is forming our hearts, our minds, our habits toward a me-centered entertainment mentality rather than a seek ye first the kingdom of God. Ultimately, in all of these examples that I have given, it is a question of, in what ways in my life is Jesus not Lord? Because Jesus and his kingdom, he is Lord, Lord over all. He calls us to make him Lord over every single area of our lives. And so I encourage you today and in the coming days to reflect on what are ways in which Jesus Christ is not, in a practical way, Lord of my life, and to repent of those things. I think that uh, as, we, as we think about growing in faith, repentance is not a feel-good sermon. It's not a comfortable sermon, but it is deeply biblical, 
and it is deeply a blessed sermon for our lives as well. And so I conclude this message with the results of repentance, the results of repentance. I'm going to take a look at, at Romans chapter 8, which is, a, which is a weighty, meaty chapter. I'm just going to refer to a, a few verses and make a few brief comments. Uh, number one, in the results of repentance, it is God's forgiveness. Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, the call to repentance should weigh us down. Then we repent, confess our sins, and then accept complete forgiveness and guilt is gone. This is God's will for you, not to live in guilt, but to receive forgiveness. Uh, people can struggle with that and they live in, in guilt even after they confess their sin. Uh, I would say, come back to Romans 8.1. Pray this verse over and over again. Memorize it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, and one little thing is uh, there is consequence to sin. And some people confuse guilt and consequence to sin. Those are two separate things. So we may sin, and we may have to deal with some of the consequences of that sin, and at the same time, release guilt. There is no guilt. There is forgiveness in Jesus. Uh, secondly, the blessing of God's Spirit. Romans 8, 2. Uh, for the law of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. God has blessed us in Jesus with the gift of His Spirit. This is the very real presence of God with you and the power of God in your life. And then finally, God's blessing. Uh, Romans 8, 6. Romans 8, 6. Uh, for, for to set the mind of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Through repentance, we are led to true life and true peace. Not some false version of life and peace that this, the world tries to feed us, but true life and peace. And finally, with God's blessing, Romans 8, verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Through repentance in the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving that forgiveness, we, friends, have eternal hope. There is a call to feel in a sense, the angst of repentance on our lives. And at the same time, there is the call to 100% receive the forgiveness of God in our hearts. What a, what a wonderful word for us today as we prepare ourselves uh, to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Uh, let's pray.
God Almighty, we are thankful for our lives, for our families, our friends, uh, for the church. And we do repent that there are so often ways in which we hurt others in our, in our relationships in which we hurt you. Please forgive us. Help us to be honest with what's going on in our hearts. Holy Spirit, reveal hidden areas of sin in our life. And we pray for forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that all that all who confess their sins in Jesus would, would fully receive the promises in your word that whoever confesses their sin will be forgiven. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.